0: Welcome to Hemp Logic Radio, where we attempt to sip facts from opinions in this upside down world of industrial hemp.
1: Oh, hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's Corey with Hemp Logic, uh, Hemp Logic Radio. This morning, we've got a special guest, uh, Mark Branigan from Colorado's TV Seeds. Um, he's here to talk about uh, the future of the past, uh, just pretty much uh, hemp genetics. So, good morning, Mark.
0: Good morning, Corey. Uh thank you for having me on the show.
1: Right on. Well I appreciate it. Um you and I have been had a few conversations and uh you know Hemp Logic is, is kinda signed you guys on as our seed provider. We went through uh I don't know, probably ten, fifteen people reached out to us uh wanting us to uh to uh you know, sell their seed and you guys, you know, we're the we the we the ones that came out on top. So uh, we're glad to have you on and, and talk about your, your genetics and talk about the hemp industry in general. So why don't you, uh, that, that why don't we take this and, and take a minute and let you talk about who you are and tell everybody uh, wh- who you are, where you are, where you've been, and where you'd like to go.
0: Sure. No problem. Uh, you know, short version, of, you know, cannabis has been a part of my life since I was about 17 years old, uh, so I'm very familiar with the plant. And I'll just uh, kind of leave that at that um I've been in the hemp industry uh since, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> uh, since yeah that's another show it's another show <laughs> yeah it's another show you know uh might be r rated but um <laughs> i've been in the 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 hemp industry hemp industry since two thousand fourteen uh, a little bit prior to that um i was Building some large-scale outdoor uh, marijuana farms here in Colorado. Uh, the one probably most notable is I was the original founder of Los Sueños, uh, which was recently I think sold to MedMen, uh, the publicly traded company, for uh, quite a bit of money. But uh, you know, it, it was at that time that I learned about hemp and CBD. Um, obviously, kind of following a uh, in the footsteps of Charlotte's Web. I was I was very impressed by you know, the ability to, you know, grow as much, uh, cannabis as you want. And I say cannabis because hemp is cannabis, uh, as well, you know, having the ability with CBD to reach, uh, the mass markets, you know, the entire United States and, you know, other countries as well. Uh, so I started a company called CBDRX. Uh, that was 2014, 2015. Uh, we had a hundred acre farm in Southern Colorado, um, I think our most notable uh, part of that company was that we were actually the first USDA certified organic hemp farm in, in America. That kind of put us on the map. Uh, we harvested roughly 40 to 50,000 pounds. Uh, we were, we were selling it to companies like uh, open Vape and some other companies that were using it for uh, extraction for smokable hemp for terpene profiles. Uh, from that point, um, a couple of years passed, um, I got into actually creating some uh, a company for CBD products for animals. It's called uh, Hemp My Pet. And at the same time, I started to uh, learn and uh, play with genetics. Uh, I had secured uh, some genetics out of uh, Humboldt County, uh, California, um, called Abacus. And this genetic was actually grown as a high CBD, low THC, uh, marijuana strain. Um, and we, we bought that genetic, bought the right set genetic. And since then we've been, uh, just basically making the genetic better one, obviously making sure that that, uh, CBD THC ratio is where it needs to be for hemp. And two, more importantly for us is developing terpene profiles uh, of our genetics, because, uh, I think, you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are already seeing that, you know, the, the, the CBD market as a, as a commodity has been going down. But what you're starting to see take on and, and go up is uh, boutique hemp uh, with specific terpene profiles, you know, relating to anything from uh, full spectrum oils, um, extracting the terpenes, smokable flour, um, you know, in the form of, you know, joints, cigarettes, what have you. And these are, uh, you know, these genetics are what are, you know, kind of demanding a premium now. And so I think you're kind of seeing a shift in the market and that's kind of where we've set ourselves up is to be able to provide, you know, the small to medium sized farmer genetics that, uh, you know, grown correctly, dried and cured correctly, you know, can be taken to market, um, and made, made a nice, nice profit on, you know, um, so, that's kind of where we're at right now that's why we're looking forward to working with you to kind of service some of these farmers that you know whether they were in the industry last year and got hurt because you know they were growing cbd for biomass because obviously the previous year the demand for cbd biomass was through the roof a lot of people made money but now this this past year you know a lot of people are you know stuck with their with their hemp and you know scratching their head on you know do i want to get back into this market or not and that's something I, I've been
1: reading in the last couple of days over the weekend was the, the, the permit process, the licenses mm-hmm. are even higher than they were in 20 in, in 2019. And that, that just, Oh my God, what are we getting into? But you, if you take that, take it back and go, okay, farmers, what, what are you going to be getting into? Do you want to go do for biomass? And obviously do you have a contract and all those questions come into play, but I've always been an advocate for, Uh, you know go small and do boutique and and just do it really really well and you know make that that product and so you've got the the cbg you know factor coming into play which really boggles my mind on the genetic side maybe we can talk about that a little bit but of just getting in and and buying a genetic that is going to give these smaller farmers a, a chance to to do something special and actually have a market for it at the end of the
0: year. Sure. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, so the, the whole, the, the CBG craze is, is, is very interesting. It's uh, it's actually a little mind blowing. It's actually a little scary because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're learning our lesson on CBD and now, you know, with CBG, you know, being the craze and, and yes, it's, it's understandable that that genetic is um, in a higher demand specifically right now because of the, the THC CBG ratio you know, your total THC and a lot of these uh, genetics, if they're from a, a good source, you know, can will stay under that 0.3 total THC. But CBG as a cannabinoid in product development is nowhere near uh, the size of the CBD market. In fact, I mean, there's very few uh, CBG products on the market to date. And, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but, you know, the amount of farmers that are switching over to CBG – because once again, they think that, you know, they're going to strike gold. Um, and in, in my opinion, you know, markets take time to develop. You know, I mean, these companies mm-hmm. that are selling CBD products, they're not just going to be like, oh, well, forget about CBD. Here's CBG. You know, I mean, and completely, you know, erase all their SKUs and all of the educational materials that they put into developing these products. What do they say? Oh, well, CBG is better. You know, so, um, I, I just don't see that happening, uh, and, and in fact, you know, just kind of looking forward a little bit, I think you're going to see CBD prices over the next year potentially bounce back up um, because everyone's running this way. And I'm I'm kind of a contrarian, you know. So when when the sheep, <laughs> when the herd's going left, I like to go right. <laughs> yeah, and it, that only works it, at the top and bottom, but. <laughs>
1: well i'm I'm actually seeing and hearing uh, from people that uh you know the guys that held on to their biomass that was harvested correctly and dried correctly and stored correctly are now actually starting to see uh the 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 uptick which you know uh, I guess these benchmark companies that that do pricing will, with, that will tell but uh there was somebody i was at the show down there in California and somebody uh had come up and asked him if they had some biomass and they said yes, we did, and then they threw out a number. It was like no, go pound sand. And then they came back about a half hour later and said, "Well, will you take this?" And they're like, "No, pound sand." And sure enough, a couple hours later, they came back and offered them uh, at least a reasonable amount. So, what does that tell you? It's like, well, <clears throat> these guys got. If these guys couldn't find something on the open market that they had to come back three times, uh, that kind of tells you maybe that there, you know, there is a market for something. Um, you know who knows I, I guess we'll have to see what these these benchmark companies have
0: to say about the pricing but um well I, anyway I, I yeah i, I think, think one other i i think one other aspect you have to look at is the fact that you know um last year and this year are pretty much going to be the last two years where we can play this uh, delta 9 only game you know which is going to you know so anything right now that's you know over 10% cbd um is going to have is definitely going to demand a premium. And I think, like you said, we're going to start seeing that more and more and more because after, you know, uh, October 2020, if that's still the date, and the majority of these states, um, obviously some states are going to tell the USDA to pound sand. but, you know, when this delta, when, it, when it's total THC compliant, uh, there's going to be no more uh, CBD biomass. It's over 10%. You know, so extractors being that, you know, uh, they're based off of capacity and efficiency – and they you know they ha- they run the same amount of biomass each time so something that's 1% versus 10% give you you know a 10 times yield they're going to be want to be scooping up anything that's over 10%. Yeah um, yep. the, the good stuff
1: the, is going to get sucked up.
0: Yep. Yeah. So yep so
1: <clears throat> well what what else um <clears throat> Where do you else? Do, where do you see the, the Well, okay. So let's let's break down uh, what we're seeing in the market now as far as genetics. Um, let's go back to the show. I made a little clip and posted it on LinkedIn, and it got quite a few reviews of you know the genetics. I saw I don't know ten different genetic companies just at that at that show alone. Um, and where did they come from? Where did they come from? And how did they get? You know. Uh, it's just incredible. These guys are coming out of nowhere, never heard of them, and they all of a sudden they've got these genetics. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in that market?
0: Absolutely. You know, and I saw the same thing when I went down to the Texas show, and I was sitting there scratching my head because I know how long it takes to develop genetics. Now, uh, you know, I think what you're seeing a lot is companies basically just, for lack of a better word, stealing other companies' genetics. Uh, taking those genetics, you know, um, you know, creating feminized seed, and either giving it a, usually giving it a different name, you know, and obviously getting out there and marketing uh, their genetics. And unfortunately, the, the 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 market, you know, when it comes to genetics, is uh, is very new. So a lot of people don't know what to look for. They don't know what to ask about, you know. But I think, you know, when you go back and you look, I mean, uh, you know, there there was only initially a, a few you know, feminized seed companies a couple of years ago. And I'll say the majority of the genetics, you know, have come from those companies in one way or another. Um, I know personally I've, I've bought quite a bit of flour off the internet, you know, with these different names. Um, you know, our stuff has a really a, a diesel gassy terpene profile and, you know, I'll order this stuff and sure enough, you know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> um,
1: gotta be super frustrating. <clears throat>
0: It, it, it is. It, it is. I mean, you know, it's like, just, you know, it, um, it is, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. obviously, I, I'm, <laughs> and obviously the one that everyone knows is, is, is cherry, right? You know, you, you have, cherry yeah. wine, cherry blossom, berry blossom, cherry this, cherry that, um, you know, and that original genetic came from is a gentleman he's up here in Fort Collins. I think that the fat pig society, he's like a nonprofit. But, uh, you know, he he brought that genetics market. Um, And then since then, people, you know, companies like, you know, HGH have expanded that, you know, that that seed line and created feminized Seed. They've done a great job at it, by the way. HGH is a phenomenal company. Um, You know, but yeah. Trilogy, trilogy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, HGH uh it, it trilogy, these are and of course the Crawfords, um, and then you guys, I mean there's there's just a handful of you guys out there that have you know were pioneering. You, you talked about, you know, in two thousand and fourteen. I can't imagine what the genetics were back in, in twenty fourteen when there's you know it it's so it was so cowboy time. I that's that's exciting to to, to even think about
0: absolutely you know and it's, it's to me it's interesting when I, when I look at a lot of these companies out here and I, and I look at their uh catalog of seed I'm just like I mean I'm like wow I'm like I mean because again you can't just take two genetics and cross them and make a new stable genetic you know it's it's just not that easy but what you're seeing companies do is do exactly that you know they they, they, they take a cherry and they take an auto and they cross it and they, they name it something new um you know which is okay you know I mean um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what, you know, what is the farmer looking for? Like what, you know, when they're going to buy the genetics, because if you're just growing for CBD, it, you know, you, you want to find obviously the genetic that, you know, produces the most biomass produces the most oil and, you know, ha- has the best ratio um, is, you know, can be, uh, you know, direct seeded or, you know, seed transplants um, by using hemp logic of course and, you know, um, can be you know either mechanically harvested if it's large scale or can't harvest it easily. But yeah. other than that, if you're looking for boutique, um, you know, there's just not that many companies out there that have developed genetics uh, that you can actually search and find history of these genetics. For example, Abacus, you know, goes back to you know 2014 2015. Um, so there's a lineage there, and I think that's important.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, farmers that are are looking at genetics are definitely have to look at you know it's just not showing me a COA. COA, so we can talk about that. Uh, that's another whole show on on COAs. You just start seeing all this you know garbage, and it's it's made up. It's stolen. Um, you know that's that's part of this industry as well. Uh, so yeah, farmers have to go through and they're like, well, so let's just say that they walk up on a, on a, on a seed company that's, you know, tell me about your seed. Well, we developed it in our lab and, and I've heard stories of uh, these, these genetic companies, you know, going in and stripping the, 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 uh, uh, they clean, they call it cleaning it up, you know, they get in there and they start messing with the DNA, of the, of the genetic. And, and I don't understand that it's way above my pay grade, but I don't even know if it's possible, but uh, you know, they've been at it, you know, maybe let's just say 18 months, even in 18 months, you know, and I know enough to know that you can't breed a very stable genetic in that period of time. It just, there's, there's just not enough time, unless you have unlimited resources and you can run how many different runs to, to get these genetics stable. Is that a fair assessment?
0: It it, it absolutely, absolutely is a fair assessment. Um, You know, obviously people are just, you know, saying whatever they need to say to sell the seeds and, you know, to the point are, you know, are there companies out there actually, uh, you know, doing GMOs for the hemp industry? Uh, Absolutely. You know, but uh, it's not going to be one of these, you know, fly by night, uh, you know, brand new seed companies. I mean, you're talking about companies that are extremely well-funded you know, and, and they're they're probably mainly going after, you know, trying to develop genetics for these, these, a lot of these minor cannabinoids. Um, yeah. There's, you know, 120 different cannabinoids, you know, so, yeah. And you know, if you walk up to a booth and there's some, you know, long haired hippie dude talking about how, you know, they cleaned <laughs> up their genetics and they, they turned off their you know, THC alleles. And, and, uh, you know, it'll be, you know, no detectable THC and, you know, 28% CBD. Oh uh, yeah. Like, the, okay, the well. CBG,
1: no, no, no. It's 20, it's 23% CBG. So yeah, That's right. no, no THC, 23% CBG, uh, you know, 18% CBD. And you just go, wow. Uh, speaking of, I had a guy hit me up a couple weeks ago and he says, Hey, so, um, i got 5,000 pounds of seed and I got hot last year. And so I, I want to sell this seed. And I'll sell it to you cheap, ten cents a piece. I went, wait, so you got hot, <laughs> which means you have to, your seed has to be hot, and you want ten right. cents a piece for it. It's like, uh, no. Well, why not, dude? Come on, I got. There's enough problems in this world. I don't need to be adding your hot seed to the market. But right. you know, he'll and- drop it to one cent. You know, and and dump it.
0: Yep and it's probably you know obviously created outdoor uh non-feminized who knows where you know the 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 pollen came from the pollen donor you know and um, yeah. so yeah you got to be careful of, of 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 you know you you definitely get what you pay for uh when it comes to genetics and you know kind of touching on the the whole hot aspect i mean you know you really need to know your state testing protocols uh that is very important because the the majority of cbd genetics you know um if you let them go too long and and you don't test and harvest at the right times especially depending on which state you grow in you know you could end up potentially having a problem but the key is to know your genetics know the history of the genetic genetics and most importantly know what your state testing protocol is you know a lot of states uh, you know, uh, will allow it to go up to 0.39 because they consider 0.3 to be 0.31 to 0.39, uh, which is, you know, perfect for this industry. Um, and then you have obviously other states which are, which are Delta 9 only, like, you know, Oregon, obviously, they just they really don't care about much. I think Tennessee, uh, I think North Carolina still might be that way. I know Nevada was, I'm not sure if they changed. I'm um, not sure what's going to happen in Texas. But you know, those th- those are all uh, you know important factors to know if you're new to this industry and you want to get into the you know the, the farming aspects. Um, you know, know your yeah, genetics, know, your, state, some of these know states, your testing protocol.
1: Yeah, like uh you know Washington State. You know, they they added all these licensees and there was no one to to match. Um, I know for me in 2017, uh, we tested and. You know, and then we asked, so when, when are you going to come back? Because they were supposed to test, come back and test again. <clears throat> and they're like, don't worry about it. Just right. do what you're going to do. And that was yep. in 2017. And then, uh, so, you know, fast forward to 2019, I heard that that they had all these licensees and no one to test. You know, there was no testing protocol. So it was wide open. I don't, I don't yep. know if it's going to be like that again this year, but, you know, these, these new states that are coming on, you know, there's so much uncertainty on how testing is going to be done. So I would I would, you know, highly recommend as if you're in a new state that's this is your first year to to really understand um what your state's predicament is. Are they way understaffed? Is there five hundred licenses and only one person to do all the testing? Chances are unless you're within a driving, you know, a couple hours of the drive of that office you're not going to get tested that's just my that's my that's my opinion
0: sure um, and you know i i've i've heard like here in colorado uh, anything under five acres they don't they won't even bother with um you know i mean not not to say that they won't but i just set the rumors that we hear uh just because you have underfunded state hemp programs and you know obviously in an in a industry market that is just you know exploding And so, uh, yeah. Um,
1: Hey, Mark, let me, let's pivot to, uh, let's uh, explain feminized seed. I know that that's, it's something that, uh, it's been explained to me a couple of different ways. Um, can you explain what feminized seed is and how it's made? Um, so people can understand a little bit about what they're actually purchasing when they, when we talk about feminized seed.
0: Uh, Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the feminized seed process, um, is by, by no way, a, a, a natural occurrence that happens, uh, you know, outdoor, uh, you know, with cannabis plants, uh, w- what you do is you're actually, you're, you're taking, uh, two, two genetics. You know, one of them is going to be the pollen donor. The other one is going to be the pollen receiver, uh, the one that's the pollen donor. So both plants are female. The one that's the pollen donor you're going to force that plant to hermaphrodite and there's a whole list of ways that you can do that you know using basically you're stressing that plant out and that plant will hermaphrodite and create feminized pollen and i believe it's it's yy instead of xy um, you will then take that pollen and pollinate the pollen receiver and when those seeds form they will be, you know, 99.5 to 0.9% female. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a short version of it. You, a lot of times, so not, not every single genetic responds the same. Some genetics will not hermaphrodite and produce pollen, but when you look at it, you're basically taking two females and one is producing feminized pollen through stress and the other one's receiving that pollen and creating the feminized seed. Now, to create a stable seed, uh, you know, you would think, okay, well, I'm just going to take two plants of the same genetic and breed them together, and I'm going to create a stable seed. Well, that's actually not the case because you actually have to go through a series of um, either, you know, inbreeding um, or selective breeding to you get to a point to where you know it's you know 90 plus percent stable. You know, usually depending on the uh, the genetics and how stable they are to start with, we'll we'll determine you know how stable each different F1 or S1 uh, seed is, and you know that that takes time. You know, then there's no way around that whole process. You know, yes, with with the proper uh, equipment and, and testing, you know, you can you know test out the uh, the ratios of those genetics um, once you pop the seeds and and know which ones have the best ratios. But for us, when you're looking at terpene profiles, you have to flower that plant all the way out to know, okay, this one has the terpene profile we want. It also has a cannabinoid ratio that we want. It has a percent, the percentage of terpenes that we want, you know, so, yeah, unfortunately, there's no shortcuts in in, in that part of uh, creating stable. Women. What about
1: colloidal? Is it colloidal sir, silver? I've heard that. What what is that? Yeah, colloidal silver uh,
0: works well. Um, that's what a lot of people use, and they, they spray that on the plants. And basically, again, it just stresses the plant out. And the plant okay. when it gets stressed out, the plant thinks basically that it's going to die. And they want and it wants to reproduce. That's the great thing about the, the cannabis plant. It, you know, it wants to reproduce, so it immediately, you know, creates uh, pollen and you know has the ability to make seed. So you know that, that the one plant that you stress out could make its own seed as well. You know, so the plants and, and the plant's mind. Not that it has a mind. It's it's trying to survive. It knows that it's going to die because when you're when you're stressing it out and spraying, whether it's colloidal silver, STS, you know, uh, using temperatures, whatever to stress it out. It basically thinks it's going to die and it wants to reproduce.
1: Interesting.
0: So, uh, Interesting. Yeah,
1: is what. Which even puts more emphasis on make sure you 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 do your due diligence on your on your seed uh, for this year. Uh, ask these questions. You know how? Can you talk a little bit about the
0: F the F series? What What does the F stand for? F one, F seven. So, so, so when you when you, when you take um, two different genetics, right? And, and you cross them. Um, that seed that is made from those two genetics would be an F1. Um, you would then, you know, go through that, through those seeds, and you know, pick out the ones that you'd want to keep. And when you cross those, those would be an F2. And usually, by the time you get to an F4 or an F5, if you do it correctly, you can have that ninety-plus percent stability. S, as in Sam, an S1 is where you're taking a single genetic. And 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 you 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 force it to reproduce. So let's just say you have uh, you know, one plant, you clone it, and then you take that genetic, uh, you you self it. So one you know one plant creates pollen, the other one you know receives the pollen, and um, and that seed would be an S one because it's self because it's the same genetic. So then an S two would be taking that seed, going through that seed, finding the the phenotype and genotypes that you want, crossing those again, and you have an S three. Um, Usually, the the S um, doing the selfing will get you to stability a lot quicker than, uh, you know, using two different genetics. But again, it really determines on, you know, what you're starting with and what your goals are. Because when you look at all the different phenotypes and genotypes within a plant, you know, you you can't, you, you have to focus on one or two. Because if you try to focus on everything from how the plant grows. Uh, you know the terpene pro- pro- profile, the cannabinoid profile, how resistant it is to bugs, how resistant it is to mold. You know, is it growing like indica, sativa, ruderalis? You know, is it short or long maturing? You know, there's so many different factors. There's so many focus on the so many.
1: There's so many. I was in a greenhouse, a breeding greenhouse, a month ago or so, and uh, <laughs> you know they were they were they had I don't know uh, ten thousand plants in a row and you know, they were doing pheno, they were doing pheno pull, they were pulling plants and it was just, okay. What? It's just a fascinating, it's fascinating, but it's also so far over my head that I don't, I don't get it. Um, but it's, and then you start talking about crossing and F this and F that. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's why, that's why the genetic guys are, are, are doing well right now because they understand this stuff. Um, so what, what do you what do you see in the future, Mark? What 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 is the future of hemp? Um, as far as I, I can I, I can tell my my version of where I see the uh, hemp industry by the equipment being sold. Um, equipment being sold. You know we were selling uh, we were you know touting the you know the formation ag headers last year, and then literally by the end of the year uh, they had found a different size stripper header and and modify that and so we start to look at this and then you start to hear you know what the canadians are doing and they're planting it you know 10 15 pounds an acre and then coming through and and pulling these and using these stripper headers pulling the the biomass off the stock right in the field and then sending it through a drying system so obviously the genetics uh, are nowhere near um what we have down here in the united states but you look at the mechanized mechanization of the, of the industry. And you go, all it takes is a 10 or 15% CBD, no THC genetic that can be planted at 10, 15 pounds an acre. And uh, these guys planting it on 72 inch centers are going to be in trouble.
0: Nope. Very, very true. Very true. That, that, that's, that's one thing that I've always you know preached to people growing our genetics for biomass is, you know, that you know, twenty five hundred plants per acre is you're you're, you're wasting space. You know, um, you know, you need to be you know, seven thousand, eight thousand plants per acre again if you're growing for biomass. You know, because when when you look at uh, the 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 price of CBD, it's a commodity, right? And you look at your your cost per acre to produce it, you have to maximize your yield and limit your cost. You know, so, and I, I think we're going to see you know the hemp industry and the CBD industry continue to grow, you know, you're going to see, you know, um, I also think you're going to see, uh, you know, uh, multi-use crops. And so that's a, a hemp crop that could be grown for both, you know, let's say fiber, uh, CBD, uh, seed, um, you know, so again, they're, they're maximizing their revenue while, you know, uh, you know reducing or limiting their cost. You know, so the, the the day and age of just you know growing for CBD, you know why? I mean, if these companies are been growing a thousand acre tracks, two thousand acre tracks. You know, they're going to have a lot of, um, you know, fiber um, or <laughs> roots. You know, there's there's a lot of different uses for that plant, as we all know. And I think that the problem has just been that you know the I don't want to say the easiest thing to do is is to farm hemp, but you know the reality is you know you can go plant seed and grow hemp. But when you look, you're talking about setting up you know, decortication facilities or facilities that, um, you know, can use that plant for those 25000 other uses. Um, and then you have to talk about the market that has to be built for those uses that takes time, you know, so. Oh, and, 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 know, cap, and
1: CapEx and CapEx that people don't understand. You know, that's something I'm going to be, I got, I got video that I still I'm still breaking down and, and working on about the fiber side of this, but, um, the, the big boys, the big ag saw this in the California show, big ag is coming and they're coming hard and strong. And, uh, you know, you, if you've got 20 acres and you plan on growing for biomass, you better, better know somebody with a with a lab that's willing to buy that because there's going to be so much good quality biomass available come at the end of 2020. Um, it's going to be hard to get rid of. So once again, it starts, we start talking about genetics and bringing it circle back around. What, what is your goal? I I had a client uh, that I just, that we just uh, signed up that, you know, he's wanting to build a winery type. He's in California. This allows him to do this, but build a winery type situation where he's building a boutique uh, grow And, um, it's going to be for CBD and hopefully we can get him, um, in the, uh, the, uh, limousine route, you know, so we can get him on the, on the, so that when people get in a limo to go on these wine tours, they stop by the CBD, the CBD place. Um, that's, that's a unique boutique type of situation. Um, but definitely genetics are going to definitely come into play on that kind of situation.
0: You know, to kind of touch on that, you know, what so what we're focused on doing is, and and trying to help our farmers is that, you know, is to build uh, products around the cultivars. And I say cultivars. A lot of people use the word strain. Strain is actually incorrect. It's it's a cultivar. So you know, instead of just a CBD product, it's a you know, it's an abacus. Uh, you know, full spectrum hemp product. You know, when you know we're doing studies right now with uh, Colorado State University. Uh, Tarleton University, which is part of the Texas A&M. And we're not just doing it on CBD. We're actually doing it on our genetics because that's a way that you can differentiate yourselves from the market, you know, is that it's not just CBD. You know, this is, this is abacus that if you look at the lineage, you know, it's, it's got a story behind it, but you know, it's got you know, um, similar terpene profiles, you know, similar cannabinoid profiles and all the other flavonoids that, you know, make up, make that, you know, one genetic great. And I think for, again, for the boutique farmer and the boutique people who are trying to make these higher end products, um, you have to, you have to go and, and take a look at the marijuana industry because, you know, when, when someone finds a, a cultivar that works well for their depression, anxiety, uh, you know, appetite suppressant, trying to increase their appetite, pain, sleep, they're not just going in there and say, Hey, uh, just, I need, I need a THC tincture, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, they have a specific cultivar strain that they like. That's the one that they will use. The same thing's going to happen in the hemp industry, um, especially on the higher end. Obviously, you always have your gas station, in your Walmart, in uh, your Walgreens, you know, just CBD. But that's not our genetics. You know, our genetics are for the people that want to be, you know, actually show, you know, this is this is our genetics. This is where it comes from. This is the, you know, the uh, the studies have been done, done behind it. This is why it's good. And, if, and when that person finds that genetic and they like it, they're going to stick with it. Whereas instead of, you know, trying to just shop for the best price. Yeah, it's, it's not sense. always about
1: price. It's definitely not. It's not always about price. And, and I think we're, we're really kind of trying to, it's something that I've always been talking about from the, from hemp logic's inception was, you know, find, find a, find something you want to do, inside the industry and, and go for, go for that and do the best that you can. Um, if you've got only five acres, then you have to do something unique to separate yourself. And I think that's what you, you know, you're saying is, you know, the boutique, the boutique side of this industry is the one that's the small farmer is going to be able to make a living on it because it's certainly not biomass. You know, it's correct. whether it's smokable, uh, correct. you know, I heard, yeah, the smokable the smokeable market. Uh, you know, I see others. There's guys on LinkedIn that are making, you know, five million packs of CBD cigarettes in a week, or five yep. million. I, maybe it's five million sticks. I, I I don't remember. It's five million sticks. Well, wow. You know, then you know I know that they're going to be looking for boutique, really high terpene. You know, couldn't you open up that pack of C- CBD cigarettes, you want you want that to you know open up and go, holy smokes, you know. What is that? They, you want that, what is that factor? And that's where the terpenes exactly. come into play. Yeah, and all those other cannabinoids uh are gonna come into play. It's such a new new market. Um it's exciting I think that one actually excites me a little bit because it's I could back in the day when I was doing things, uh, I always I thought uh, I, wanted to do, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do, I wanted to do pre-rolls and this was back before it was, I, I was looking online and the only thing I could find was in China. And here I was, I didn't know what I was doing even in that, that industry. And then I was sitting there wanting to think I wanted to make pre-rolls. Whoa. What, you know, I was ahead of my game, uh, by about 10 years, but right. I, that's <laughs> stuff interesting. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. I was trying to, I was thinking outside the box, but not realizing that I was literally onto something. I probably should have continued uh, searching for that pre-roll machine. Right. So, right. <laughs> Isn't it weird? You, you know, you isn't it interesting the people that you you run into and you don't really have a conversation, and then all of a sudden you realize as the conversation kind of devolves, it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh I was I was there. <laughs> I <did." laughs> yep, I was there. I did that with you oh yeah there's interesting, interesting interesting industry for sure Absolutely. well um what uh you know is there is there anything you wanna you know let's uh is there anything you wanna talk about is there you know as far as the future we've already kind of covered that the past we've uh we could devote, you know that's another whole show um but is there anything you wanna you wanna add to the show
0: Mark, you know, I I just think that, you know, it's, you know, obviously farmers are, uh, you know, you spend a lot of money on genetics. You know, you spend a lot of money to farm. And I think, you know, they just need to make sure that, you know, they they have the proper planning for harvesting, drying, and curing, because you can have the best, you you know this, you can have the best flower, cannabis flower. And if you dry and cure it incorrectly, uh, those terpenes are going to degrade. Uh, terpenes are extremely volatile, you know, so you need to be very careful um, not to degrade them. And if you, if you do it correctly and you, know, you have something that has, you know, bag appeal, uh, you know, whether it's a 50-gallon bag or a one-gallon bag, um, you, there will be a market for that, you know, because most people are not doing it correctly now. So now is the time to figure it out, build your market, Because like everything else, you know, as soon as people figure it out, everyone's going to be doing it, you know. So, um, but the one good thing that I can say is that I still see uh, see marijuana on the market. You know, I go into some of these and (laughs) you know, and and they're not doing it. So it gives me hope that we still have a little time to make some real money in this industry. Because if the marijuana industry is still selling a ton of crap, um, then, you know, the hemp industry, which just literally started, you know, twenty four months ago with this whole smokeable or even terpene profile, uh you know, cultivar specific products. Um, there's still time. You know, so but just, you know, don't just plan on just, you know, planting, growing and you're gonna make money. You know, you, you have to take it all the way through.
1: Yeah, it's it's a craft. It's a craft. It's a craft. if you master your craft, you you will do well. I, I'm I'm convinced of that. Uh you know, you talked about the marijuana industry and, and the hemp industry is, is right behind it. But, you know, it's in a, and it's something that we talk about a lot is scale. You know, it's, it's the scale of this and why is there really shitty marijuana still on the market is because it's scale. You can't right. grow a hundred acres of really good smokable marijuana, you know, and that's where the pre-roll thing comes into play and all these other, you know, they're, they're breaking it down because, People aren't, you know, you you only have a limited amount of really good flower material to, 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 to sell. So that's, it's, it's the same way with the hemp market. Um, It's, there's a market there. You just have to master your craft.
0: Completely agree. I mean, you look at where, you know, where's Colorado at? We're close to like $1.5 billion in in, in, uh, marijuana sales. You know, so what does that say for the potential of of the the hemp smokable market? When I believe there's going to be a lot more people smoking hemp than marijuana, you know, so put you at, you know, 15, 20, 25 billion potential dollars. And that's not even talking about um, internationally, which obviously the demand for uh, USA grown hemp um, is going to continue to increase. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit more difficult to tap into those markets. But, again, you know, just, uh, you know, it takes time. And, uh, it's, you, you know, you're not just going to, you know, strike gold um, that quickly, you know, like people did, you know, a couple years ago. You know, so just be in it for a yeah, long that's... game. Short, the, short, the short game doesn't work right now.
1: No, and, and it's, it's okay to be small, you know, but uh, – this 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 client that I've got has 80 acres, and I said we're going to do about 100 plants. <laughs> he goes, is that right. going to be enough? I said that will keep you, you know. And this is a guy that has never farmed before, and that's why I you, you're going right. to do 100 plants. Is that going to be enough? I said it doesn't matter. You can buy what you need off the open market if you need more. But you are yep. going to learn how to grow this plant. You're not going to grow five acres. You're not even going to grow one acre. You're going to grow a hundred plants and call it today. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, you sure you don't want to tap into the 80 acres? No, no, that's future. That's future. So, all right, Right. Mark. Yeah, this is, I got to tell you, um, you are the very first show out of almost 30 shows that we haven't had any audio problems. And I think this has been one of the greatest shows uh, that I've done so far. I, I appreciate you coming
0: on. Not a problem, Corey. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, just to, you know, know, last note, support small businesses and farmers. You know, I think that's important in in America. Um, You know, we, we always enjoy, you know, in helping to support the the smaller farmer. Uh, You know, it's, 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 it's part of, I think uh, part of the, the American spirit. And so, um, yeah, but thanks again for having me on Corey. This was a great show.
1: And thank you. And we'll be talking soon. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye all right guys that was uh hemp logic radio i gotta say probably the best show i've done so far and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed it it was uh, very informative uh it's a it's a i think it's probably one of the better shows because it's something that uh, obviously i'm interested in so uh th- take that take that to the bank and uh anyway i'll let you guys go Have, thanks for listening uh subscribe uh, go to the YouTube channel, uh, do whatever you need to do, but uh, try to help support uh, Hemp Logic Radio. You guys have a good day. Talk to you soon.